The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Landing page optimization expert Tim Ash is here to show you what it takes to create optimal landing pages. LPO brings you detailed case studies, opinions, and analysis from the leaders of landing page optimization. Now here's your host, Tim Ash. Welcome, everybody. This is your host, Tim Ash, for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And uh, we've been off the air a while, but I promise you, one of my New Year's resolutions is to get better at having regular programs. I'm really glad to kick off the year on a, on a very exciting and high note. My guest this week is the author of a new book called Brainfluence, 100 Ways to Persuade and Convince Customers with Neuromarketing. I'm looking at it right now, my very own copy. He's also the author of the Neuromarketing blog and the head of Dooley Direct. Uh, welcome, Roger Dooley. Hi, Tim. Really happy to be here. Well, uh, Roger, I know that you and I share... Um, a common interest in what makes people tick from the inside out. A lot of people study software, hardware. I guess you could say we study wetware. I guess so. I, I think that few people realize how irrational uh, or how um, how much people do without actually knowing why they do it. And I think that interests both of us. Uh, I think that uh, you obviously focus on a conversion highly. Uh, and I look at a little bit broader picture at times of all the different ways that we can convince people with our marketing uh, to hopefully give our products a second glance. Well, so, so let's talk about when did your, your interest in, in the brain and um, kind of uh, subconscious uh, decisions we make uh, develop? Um, what's, what's some of your background? What led you to that? Or, well, it's, or it's, as 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 a, what's that guy on the um, director studio, the host of director studio, he always says, "What brought you this opportunity?" Hmm. Uh, I guess I've had a long term interest in advertising, even though I'm an engineer by education. I haven't really done any engineering in decades. But uh, while I was uh, in engineering school, uh, I actually minored in psychology because that was an interest. And what I found myself doing was when I was supposed to be studying engineering in the library, uh, I was reading Ad Age. Uh, and even at that, <laughs> uh, uh, even then, it sort of coalesced into uh, an interest. So I took a course called Psychology of Persuasion. And mm. uh, this, um, this was kind of a dormant interest for many, many years. Uh, and... Uh, Probably about, uh, uh, I don't know, eight or ten years ago, I uh, found myself getting reinterested in the field, and particularly from a neuroscience standpoint, because what has happened in the field of uh, psychology is that now there are a lot of really interesting tools that let us look inside people's brains and actually have an idea of which parts of their brain are being activated and so on when they're thinking about something. So before, what was a black box to psychologists, they could uh, look at behaviors and try and describe those, uh, but now they have sort of a window into that black box uh, uh, while they're observing the behaviors. And to me, I felt that would most likely be a really interesting tool for marketers. Well, so, you know, it's, it's funny because be, uh, uh, I have a lot of the similar background. When I went to 
to UC San Diego as an undergrad. I had a double major in cognitive science, which was in the psych department at the time, and also computer engineering. So uh, left and right parts of the brain working together, I guess you could say, for both of us. Apparently so. All right. Well, uh, let's talk about this kind of in a, in a professional context. Um, I, in this book, you have kind of 100 vignettes, which you know, Carl Sagan fashion digest hard neuroscience research for the rest of us, and thank you for that, by the way. Um, but tell me some of the the most surprising kind of findings, just three quick findings that really s- surprised you when you were looking at how irrational people really are. Hmm. Well, uh, I just to, to back up, I said, really uh, use the sort of 100 short chapter approach because I wanted to make it very simple and accessible for business people. I initially began the book with the thought of explaining how the brain works and and so on, but uh, quickly decided that that wasn't for business people. Uh, And really what they wanted was uh, actionable info, but uh, information that was based on research, not just, hey, do this because uh, I'm going to tell you that it works. Or somebody Uh, else blogged about it, right? Right, right. So, uh, and actually a lot of the Work, a lot of the information is based not so much on uh, neuroscience, although some is. A lot of it is based on behavioral research, which actually, from a marketer standpoint, is often a little bit more interesting and actionable than some of the, say, uh, fMRI or EEG work. Um, some of the things that really confound people, I think, are, uh, one, the influence that something as simple as a typeface or a font can have. Uh, in uh, one example that I commonly use, now, people were asked to read a description of a little exercise program, and this was only about two sentences long, uh, and then estimate how long it would take them to perform those exercises, and what uh, some subjects saw it in an aerial font that's very simple, uh, and some saw it in a brushy font that's a little bit harder to read. And amazingly, uh, the people who saw it in the simple font estimated about eight minutes to do the exercises, and the other folks estimated 15 minutes. So basically, uh, solely by changing the font, people's estimates of the difficulty or the time required for those exercises doubled, which to me, uh, I think is very actionable for marketers because if you're asking somebody to do something, you don't want them to overestimate how difficult it's going to be or how long it's going to take. So you want to use very simple fonts for that purpose. Yeah, and I think that those uh, uh, simple fonts have other advantages on the web because you have lower resolution. You can't really see the little serifs or the fancy endings on the ends of letters. Those are great in print, but not on the web. Quite true. And and oftentimes, uh, the sort of brain research dovetails with practicality, too, as you describe. Now, one other thing that uh, kind of surprised me a bit is this notion of anchoring and how we get stuck on certain numbers and how that affects our perceptions of of value. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, Something that uh, researchers have found is that giving people uh, an uh, anchor number to begin with uh, can then affect what people think, say, a product might be worth. And it's it's really kind of fascinating and really weird. We, as people, we wouldn't think that we'd be influenced, particularly if it was uh, irrelevant information. But uh, just, for instance, uh, giving people a number uh, 99, say, while they're waiting versus a number 10, uh, and then asking them, well, what's this product worth, might 
end up causing them to think that uh, to estimate, uh, say, it's worth uh, sixty dollars instead of forty dollars. So there's this sort of pull toward that anchor number, uh, and it's true if it's irrelevant. And then that also has implications for negotiations too. Uh, traditionally, uh, negotiator negotiating experts would advise you. To to always let the other person name the number first so that right. you see sort of where they're coming from. And that, that's a, a practical approach. But the, the one downside of that approach is the person who names the first number sets an anchor point that really psychologically influences the other party uh, to move toward that. So uh, if you do let the other person go first, you have to uh, sort of then disregard that mentally and try and start off from scratch on your own because otherwise you'll be sucked towards that number. Well, and of course, disregarding it consciously is not the same as not being influenced by it. So, so I guess what you're saying is a first mover advantage. You really want to be the first one to throw out a number and bias it in your direction. Yes, uh, that's, that's often uh, the best strategy. I also found it was interesting, some research about the specificity of numbers, uh, how setting a price, for example, uh, really matters, even though it's practically the same amount of money, but how you presented and whether it's a round number it seems to matter. Can you talk about that as well? Sure. Uh, researchers have found that uh, precision uh, in, a, in a price uh, implies some level of accuracy and merit for that price. In other words, uh, if uh, I want to sell you something for about $500 uh, and I tell you this product is worth $500, uh, you may discount the price and say, well, it's probably only worth uh, 300 or uh, 350 But if I tell you that it's worth $497.25, uh, that becomes a more powerful uh, number. A tractor. From, right? Yeah, it, it does. And uh, people estimate a value much closer to that number uh, than if it was just thrown out as uh, in a more or less what, what sounds like an estimate. Well, great. Uh, We're going to have to take a break here for a message from our sponsor, but we'll be back in two minutes. And I'm going to have Roger tell you what he's got in common with some good old boy rum runners in the South. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrands with a Z for eBrands. 
from the creators of We Build Pages. Experience the power of the Internet Marketing Ninja. An exclusively trained army of nearly 100 in-house ninjas. Mastered in the arts of social media, local marketing, content creation, SEO reporting, and yes, link building. The Internet Marketing Ninjas will release a new version of their legendary tools to the public. Visit imninjas.com. The ninjas are coming. Open your windows for a breath of fresh air. WebmasterRadio.fm And hey, Mac, we're here for you too. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is your host, Tim Ash, for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. My guest today is Roger Dooley, the author of the new book, Brainfluence. And Roger, we were just talking before the break, or actually I was, about uh, your wild pursuits uh, when you were a younger man and uh, obviously a lot more reckless. Tell us more about that. Oh, well, not long after I got out of college, I was living in Buffalo, New York, uh, and I got involved. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, well, it was, I, I got out after a few years, although I did grow up there. Uh, but eventually I got smart and moved a little bit farther south. And uh, I got involved in the sport of performance road rallying, which is sort of like off-road racing as practiced in the northeastern states in Canada and uh, the northwest as well. And it was really kind of an interesting sport, a two-person sport. I was typically the co-driver rather than the primary driver. And we would uh, race each other th- uh, through the woods, in, in essence, a lot like off-road racing. And it, it was a lot of fun. We met with a little bit of success. My partner was uh, from uh, Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. And uh, well, we did well in uh, both some Canadian events like the Canadian Winter Rally and the Press on Regardless Rally. And oh, okay, let's let, be honest here. How many times did you crash and really eat it? Oh. No major crashes, although uh, I've tipped, tipped the car on its side a few times and certainly <laughs> went, in, went into any number of ditches and uh, made some sort of off-road excursions that required winching out. Uh-huh. Okay, well, that's, that's certainly um, one way to spend uh, time in the Northeast. So uh, let's move on to, yeah, I, I, I've, I've wrapped the car or two around a pole in my day, but it wasn't you know officially sanctioned racing. It was more like 135 up the interstate racing a, a superbike. Not a good idea. Well, anyway, it sounds like fun. <laughs> it was for the few seconds that I was on the road. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Roger, uh, get back to the, the irrational brain. Now, one of the things that um, I want to talk about is, I mean, more than half the brain is devoted to visual processing of various kinds. Um, and obviously, when we're looking at a web page, and specifically, can I say, in the context of persuasion online what would you say about kind of the visual presentation of a page or um, graphics or video that you know what are the kind of the rules of the road if you'll pardon the pun um, that we should understand in order to properly use visual cues well I think there's uh, any number of topics like that but a few of the studies that have kind of interested me one was a study done by computer associates that showed that used an EEG to measure people's brain activity while they were looking at websites. Uh, And what this study found was that people's stress levels 
increased about 50% if the site made them think, if it was confusing, if they couldn't figure out what to do. And of course, uh, if you're a website owner hoping to keep people on your site to begin with and convert them into a buyer or a lead, the last thing you want to do is increase their stress level so that they end up hitting the back button or navigating away. Uh, so that, uh, and that was uh, brain scan proof that uh, confusing websites are uh, bad for you. Uh, okay, other, so that goes to clutter, right? Basically, you know, you, uh, you want you want something. Clarity uh, is important. Basically, definitely uh, clutter. Anything that results in confusion, uh, that where the the person just can't really figure out what they're supposed to be doing next. Uh, that so you want uh, relatively few choices and clear definition of what those choices are would certainly be one way to simplify it. Uh, the other thing uh, that uh, I find that's uh, kind of interesting about websites is that people form a judgment about the website non-consciously uh, in a fraction of a second uh, when they first get there. So this is before they've had a chance to read the headlines, study the copy, uh, look at the the photos and figure out what they're about and so on. Uh, it's purely a subconscious impression when they arrive, uh, but that has a halo effect that stays with them throughout their visit on the site. Uh, uh, and this happens in about 500 milliseconds or less, so less less well, than a second. Actually, yeah, actually, I think that uh, I well, I, I don't mean to uh, correct you here, but I think you're referring to uh, research from a Canadian university about five years ago, and the number I believe, and I, I quoted frequently, I hope I'm right and you're wrong, is 50 milliseconds. It's actually a twentieth of a second is how long it takes to form that subconscious first impression, almost as fast as visual processing. Works yeah, I'm I'm not sure if it's the same study or not, but uh, I know it was a far far more quickly than you could think. Uh, in talking to folks who do various types of uh, uh, testing of people's uh, uh, non-conscious emotional reaction to things, uh, they have to take their measurement within about three quarters of a second. So it's a relatively long window compared to what you're talking about. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. If, it's, if, it's any, if it's any longer than that, then your conscious mind has a chance to kick in uh, and sort of alter what's, uh, what's happening. So if you're supposed to make a decision as to uh, whether this is good or bad or whether uh, picture A or picture B is most representative of your product, uh, that has to happen uh, in like a, perhaps a half a second or three quarters of a second. Uh, and when that choice is made in that time frame, it reflects your uh, emotional choice, your non-conscious choice uh, versus your more uh, thought-out choice that happens yeah. after that. Yeah, I, th- I think it'd be fair to say that the kind of like our conscious mind is just aware. It's like the tip of the iceberg. We're not aware of all the stuff below the waterline, the emotional and uh, reptilian brains are making many more decisions than the than the conscious and kind of cognitive brain, if you will. The Definitely, the the iceberg analogy is uh, really kind of used and abused in uh, in our industry. In fact, in uh, slide deck that I use in a lot of presentations, uh, I've had an iceberg, and now I have <laughs> an overlay on it that says "obligatory iceberg" uh, because uh, I've, I was at a neuromarketing conference, and about three different people had uh, different photos of icebergs uh, in their presentations. Okay, I'll I'll stop with the iceberg references. But no, it's it's, it's a the- great it's a great reference because icebergs are eighty eight percent below the waterline. And the most common numbers for uh, conscious versus non-conscious or subconscious brain activity are about 95%. So pretty pretty close. Yeah. Well, so I guess one term that, that uh, I've seen used in the literature is pre-conscious. It's like it's there and the decision – I think that one of the keys that people really need to understand is that a lot of times the decision has been made and then you become consciously aware of it. 
Yes. So if you actually look exactly at some true. of these the brain scans, you can see how the decision got formulated, and then you're only able to verbalize it a few seconds later. Yes, exactly. The the decision is made before you're aware of it. And then your sort of rational mind justifies the decision. So when somebody says, well, why did you choose that? It'll give you a, a reasonable sounding explanation of, say, why you uh, picked that product versus another product, uh, even though it uh, may simply be uh, rationalizing what happened on an emotional basis. Yeah, which is why, I mean, I think to, it's safe to say um, don't trust surveys, don't trust focus groups, uh, and if you're using any methodology that requires people to talk out loud during user testing, I mean, really take that with a giant grain of salt. Yes, it'll provide some useful information and maybe some usability flaws, but in terms of explaining why people do it, it's a, basically a big, fat goose egg. Yes, the, the why question is really the toughest uh, for people to answer. I think people can answer in focus groups or surveys uh, some of the what questions pretty well as far as like, uh, did you do this yesterday or uh, that kind of question where it's, it's simple and factual, but uh, the why questions are almost impossible to answer. Yeah, and uh, I, I agree with you there. All right, well, let's talk uh, after the break about uh – you know, video a little bit in motion. Uh, that's, a, that's something of particular interest. I get a lot of questions about, well, should I be using video on my page and, you know, go to a Frank Kern style direct response thing with just an autoplay on my, and that's it. So I want to get your thoughts on that when we come back after this break. This is LPO, Landing Page Optimization. More LPO, Landing Page Optimization in just a moment. As you know, being an expert at f <gasps> What did she say? Requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with f Whoa! You're not alone. Hundreds have used our tool to take their f performance to the next level. The language! Of course, we're talking about managing Facebook ads on Aquizio. Oh. Buy, track, manage, optimize, and report on media across all major ad networks. Visit Aquizio.com to get a demo today. Aquizio. Search, social, display, one platform. In 500 yards, CPA Way will be on your right. You have reached your destination. On the interstate of Internet marketing, CPA Way helps you monetize the way. No matter which direction you're heading, CPA Way is your route to low-risk revenue. Advertisers, we have paved the way to delivering revenue channels that will meet and exceed your expectations. Publishers, we monitor and manage your campaigns to bring you the most revenue possible. Publishers can feel secure to leverage direct offers, while advertisers can find safety, offering their most valued campaigns. The road to trust, respect, integrity, and honor is just ahead at cpaway.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Just getting your feet wet on the internet? 
Then dive into our stream, webmasterradio.fm. We're the coolest place around, webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Welcome back to LPO, landing page optimization, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is Tim Ash, your host for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Uh, Roger, continuing kind of our conversation, uh, we, I understand that emotions are formed in the presence of, you know, sorry, memories are best formed in the presence of strong emotions and multisensory experiences, you know, kind of immersive stuff. But on the web, we primarily are limited to what we see and what we hear if the computer speakers are on. So the kind of most powerful combination of that is video. Uh, what are your thoughts on kind of how we experience motion and video, especially in the context of a web page? Well, there's certainly no doubt that uh, people are attracted by motion. I mean, we're programmed uh, since uh, prehistoric days uh, to respond to things that move because uh, something that moves might be a threat to us. It might be food. Uh, we just don't know, but we'll definitely look and when we see motion. So in that respect, uh, I think that uh, video can be a powerful attention grabber. Uh, I mean, originally on, in the early days for the web, people put in these like flashing uh, GIFs and whatnot uh, just, just to get your attention. Obviously, that wasn't... Uh, very effective. It was rather annoying. <laughs> you mean but, usually they were little cheap clip art that, you know, smiley faces and little things walking across the screen, that kind of stuff. Right. But uh, definitely uh, motion works. And, and that's why today some of the uh, really uh, cool and, and rather expensive ads are these uh, sort of rich media ads that uh, can uh, either uh, take over part of the screen or uh, really have a uh, grab your attention and avoid the sort of banner, banner blindness, blindness thing. But uh, as far as videos go, I think that uh, uh, anything that has uh, motion and sound associated with it will grab the viewer's attention. Obviously, you have to hold it. If it's about something that uh, simply doesn't interest them, uh, then you'll probably lose it pretty quickly. But you'll definitely have that opportunity to hook them, uh, where sometimes static content they might not even see. They might, their eyes must, might just uh, gloss over it. Yeah, I think the thing to understand is that there's a visual hierarchy to any page. Uh, giant graphics are going to outshine smaller ones. That's all going to overshadow text, the size of the text. Big headlines will overshadow little headlines. And if you have video or motion on the page, that's going to trump it all and keep resetting my attention to that part of the page. So in, compared to that, text doesn't stand a chance. Quite true, quite true. Uh, when I switch for a second to say more tame stuff like text, um, Let's assume the text is getting read and you have a relatively subdued page. Any thoughts on good copywriting of headlines or for persuasion? What moves people? Well, I, it totally depends on the, on the product, of course. But I think uh, one of the best copywriting tips I have is to turn your copy into a story. Again, getting back to the way our brains work. Our, our brains are really programmed to uh, appreciate and pay attention to stories. That was an early differentiator uh, between humans and other animals. Uh, most animals have to learn by experience. Uh, they uh, eat something and uh, find out that it's, uh, it makes them sick, and so they don't do it again. Or they find out that a bear lives in that cave after a close encounter with it. 
uh, where uh, humans could convey that information to one another by basically uh, telling stories. And even today, uh, it's a very, very powerful storytelling tool. I mean, some of the great ads of all times uh, have been uh, written in story format. The uh, uh, one classic that I refer to is They Laughed When I Sat Down to Play the Piano, which ran almost unchanged mm-hmm. for 30 years and just kept converting and converting and converting. So, uh, you know, to me, if there's one thing that people can do in terms of writing copy, it is to uh, try and put uh, much of the content in the form of a story because it'll keep people reading uh, and keep them going to the end of the copy. Right. You want to see the story arc. You want to see the resolution. One of the things that we know from also brain research recently is that a lot of times it's the anticipation of something that's actually rewarding rather than getting the reward itself. So when we listen to a story, there's this kind of inherent tension of we want the payoff of the end of the story. So we'll keep going and listening to it. Yeah, definitely. And one of the other advantages it has is it definitely bypasses the the conscious brain. So any notion of uh, you know features and comparison tables, if you can put this into a narrative format, it's a lot more powerful. Well, definitely. Our, our human brains are not set up to process statistics very well. So uh, numbers and charts and graphs, uh, you can include these as backup because sometimes people will want to, as I mentioned before, their rational brain will want to justify why they're doing something. Uh, but if that shouldn't be your key selling point. That should be there as secondary supportive information for the uh, individual who wants to either dig more deeply because we do actually uh, have some control over our decision-making processes <laughs> uh, or uh, like as if for, the, uh, for backup purposes when the decision has been made emotionally but the rational side wants to um, justify it. Still go in the same direction, yeah. Well, uh, Roger, I, I'm afraid that I know we could keep talking for hours. Um, I, I'm very thrilled to have you as one of the four keynotes coming up here uh, at the upcoming Conversion Conference in San Francisco. That's March 5th and 6th. Uh, people can find that at conversionconference.com. Hope to see you there. Uh, how else can folks reach you? Oh, well, uh, first of all, I'm really looking forward to the uh, conference as well. I, th- I think it's going to be a fun time. Uh, uh, people can reach me. Probably the easiest way is by uh, the uh, neuromarketing blog at neurosciencemarketing.com. Uh, and my email is rogerd, R-O-G-E-R-D, at duallydirect.com. That's terrific. And while we're speaking of Conversion Conference, the next one's going to shatter our New York attendance record of almost 500 folks. It's in San Francisco at the beautiful Marquis Marriott. We hope to see you all there. We've expanded to three parallel breakout tracks and four fantastic keynotes from Roger, Steve Krug, BJ Fogg, who heads the Stanford Persuasion Lab, and Jared Spool, who runs the User Interface Engineering Conference Series. Roger, I want to thank you again for being my guest and uh, looking forward to seeing you in San Francisco. Thank you, Tim. I'm looking forward to it. And the final... uh, Special offer for my loyal Webmaster Radio listeners. If you use promo code WMFM, that's WMFM, you get an extra 10% off registration. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week with more thought leadership interviews from LPO, Landing Page Optimization.